Welcome to the Podity. I'm Stephen. I'm Nate. This is the show where we talk about all things nerdy, from Inquisitors to Sith Lords. And today, we'll be talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, Geronimo. Alright, uh, I think first and foremost, like all our episodes, we're going to just drop you with a spoiler alert. <laughs> I think that's the most important thing right now, yeah. uh, especially with everything Obi-Wan Kenobi and maybe Star Wars as well. Yes, and so probably Star Wars as probably well. Probably Star Wars, yeah. And I think if you listen to our previous <laughs> episode on Star Wars... Yeah, I think that would be a good place to start. What? <laughs> okay. Honestly, no, if you, yeah, if you haven't, so. yeah. you go and listen to that, come back to listen to yeah. this. And we'll have the same, exact same uh, spoiler in, in the sense that if you haven't watched Star Wars now, you know, it's kind of like, it's everywhere. I think we spoke about that. Yeah, check out the episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars, from all the main movies to this non-main movies to the series as well. Probably yeah. going to be spoiled. You never know. It's Star Wars. Yeah, and we'll just be jumping all over the place because if you've listened connected. to us before, you're probably used to it by now. If you haven't <laughs> listened to us before, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, you find something you like. <laughs> yeah, with that, we'll. I told you, Obi Wan Kenobi this week. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> Finally, yeah. I, Finally, it's a one week delay, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that bad. Okay, one week delay isn't like like comparatively. Oh yeah, okay, fine. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, the first fuck up has to be on me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, don't worry, man. Yeah, you know what's the funny part? I want. I really have half a mind of like saying today. Oh, we are not doing. I know. Oh, like, I, I know. Be... I know. And then blaming yeah. it on me again. <laughs> That'll just be my fuck ups <laughs> this time around, right? But Tat Lasso. Okay, anyway, let's go back. <laughs> yeah, we'll Stay be tuned about for that. We will be talking about Tat Lasso coming up yeah. soon because guess who watched Tat Lasso? Both of us. I guess. Well, no, guess who just watched Tat Lasso? Oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait so for awesome. that. Tat Lasso soon, guys. Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing, yeah. Uh, okay. So I think, like, with most of our episodes, we'll always begin off with the cast. Yep. And I think we have a really big name for the very first one, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. I mean, he's back to this. I think it's pronounced Ewan. Ewan? I think so. Really? I really think so. Oh. Like, officially, his name is pronounced Ewan McGregor. Oh. Because he's Scottish. Right. And okay. I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce the name. Okay, so it's ju- not just me butchering names, right? No, not anymore. It's like it's the, the whole American rest of the world, rest of the world as well, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know that actress from... You know the actress Charlize Theron? Maybe. Uh, Charlize Theron is... She was in A Million Ways to Die in the West with Seth MacFarlane. Okay. She was also in the Orville as the future, the, the time traveler. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Spoiler alert for the Orville, I guess. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nobody could pronounce her name properly and yeah. correctly. It's like Clem Pomentief, you know, from MCU as well. Names are difficult, guys. Yeah. But I yeah. think on... I mean, we're going a bit on attention, but I think names are very important to get correct. True, true, true. If there is one thing you correctly pronounce, it ha- should be somebody's name. That is very true. The rest of the language doesn't matter. Any language doesn't matter. Just try your darndest to pronounce the name correctly. Yes, I will try. It's the difference between data and data. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. Sorry, back to the topic. Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're talking about Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, that's his... I mean, he's back to this role. Yes. Uh, Very, very excited when I first... Heard that. I oh, think he everybody. He is probably the most liked character of all of Star Wars. Yeah, and he portrayed it so well. Oh, to perfection. 
Yeah, like one of the bright shining light of the whole sequel, prequel, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the whole franchise, I believe. Yeah, actually, that's very true as well. The because he was not only in the se- you know in the prequel trilogy, he was also a big part of the Clone Wars, the animated yes. series. Yes, although that's not really his voice. Right? It's not really, but like the character. And yeah, right. The, yeah, the characterization, and, look, and all that. And if you think yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi, if the animated character was based on Ewan McGregor's appearance. Even though it wasn't Ewan McGregor voicing it, yeah, it's still whenever you think uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor comes to mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and Ewan McGregor is such an f- amazing, bloody talented actor. He is, yeah, and he's done so many amazing things in his career. He's very diverse as well, yeah. all across genres. Exactly. Yeah. You wouldn't think a guy acting in Star Wars to be one of the most powerful beings of the whole galaxy to be a love lorn soul fawning after a. What was that? Courtesan. Right, yeah. But, you know, he pulled it off perfectly in Moulin Rouge as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then when you think of those two, at least, you know, there's something tying them together, which is love. You wouldn't think he would be like a drug addict tweaking dude, but then his first role was in train spotting. Right, okay, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah he's an amazing, talented actor. He and is, everything yeah. he's in, I love so much. He is kind of the reason why I like the Birds of Prey movie. Oh, he's there as well. Was it the Birds of Prey movie? Yeah, Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. I think yeah, that was the title yeah. of the movie. He was Roman Sionis, which is uh, one of a very well-written DC villain that they used for against the Birds of Prey. And his performance in it is so good. It's so creepy. Have you watched Birds of Prey? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I think it's on Netflix. I think it was. I think yeah, it's on yeah. Netflix. But it, his performance is so creepy and so good because oh, he's the awesome. villain. Right. Yeah. Love it. That is so awesome, right? Yeah. Okay, moving on, we have uh, Moses Ingram. Yep, Moses Ingram. Uh, she got a lot of hate for this part. Yeah, but... And that's just a testament to how bloody well she acted. Exactly. And I, I think sometimes... I think she acted really well. Yeah. Although when it comes to the character that she was given itself, then maybe that could be the reason why oh, people definitely. hated it. Oh, yeah, right? definitely. Yeah, definitely. Her yeah. character was, oh my goodness, so detestable. I loved it so much. Yeah. Because yeah, I love yeah. detestable characters. <laughs> especially in one, the one she played, was it uh, Third Sister? Reba. Yeah, Third Sister was, it? oh yeah. my goodness. From the get-go, you get so agitated and irritated by her. If you don't, something's wrong with you. You know, but I, it's always, it's a Star Wars thing, you know? Yeah. The yeah. actresses, because it's never on the actor. Actually, that's not true because Jake Lloyd got a lot of flack for Anakin. Uh, young Oh right. So okay. yeah, you always you always associate Star Wars fandom is oh my goodness, man. I think it's just so big that it's just so diverse and so stupid. <laughs> I, I <laughs> mob mentality, I would say. Yeah. Because yeah. of the the, the, true, the true. size of the fandom. Yeah. You know? But yeah, Moses Ingram unfortunately has a lot of hate. And Ewan McGregor went online to say if you hate Moses Ingram or if you hate what's her name? Vivian? Vivian Blair? The the little girl who played Leia. Oh yeah. If you yeah, hate yeah, any yeah, of them, yeah. you are no fan of Star Wars. You are not a fan of Star Wars, which I love him even more for that. Actually, that's true. I, I mean, you can hate the story Character. characters yeah, whatsoever. Hate the character yeah, sure. all you want. I have, but not the person. Not right? the person. They're just doing a good job, man. Yeah. In fact, they are doing the job that they are supposed to do. Precisely. Right. And by the way, Moses Ingram, did she look familiar to you? She does actually. Oh, oh you can't place where. Yes, I can now. Where? Ted Lasso, right? No, no, oh, no not Ted Lasso. Oh. I can't she was in Queen's Gambit as Jolene. Oh, 
right. Okay, okay. Okay, I, I got mixed up. Yeah. yeah, the adult Jolene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she's a star on the rise, I would say. I, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, she's, her performance is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, next, I think we already talked about her. Uh, Vivian Lara Blair. Vivian Blair. That's right. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as Leia Organa. Very scary role. Uh, yeah, I would be so petrified. But thankfully, because kids are braver than adults, they don't know really... It's most kids. Don't know what fear is yet. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. She did a really good performance. Yeah, she did. Amazing uh, performance. Like I love yeah. when kid actors do really well. I didn't like the character. <laughs> Again. Okay, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but yeah, so just... But I loved her performance. She did so well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I got nothing to say in terms of the acting. I think it was very convincing and... Props all around, man. Exactly, yeah. I don't have... I mean, she is like, what, 10 or something? So I don't really know much about her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I can't Probably really put her... Probably her first role. I can't really put her face to a name or any show, really. Right, right. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, of course, we have Hayden Christensen. Yes. Reprising oh as Darth Vader. Well, Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker, yeah. sorry, yeah. Well, not Darth- really. He's Darth Vader now. But the voice is not. He's by the him. voice of, well, he is one of the voices of Darth Vader, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I'm so happy about. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm so happy. I think if you listen to our again previous podcast, both of us love the prequel, yes. a lot. And I think it's such a nice throwback, or like, like just give him this role, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think it's perfect instead of just putting Vader behind the mask. Mm-hmm, yeah. I Once mean, again, just, like yeah. back, like in the original trilogy. And then you don't see the person and yeah. just let it be, oh, he's just Darth Vader. And now you have him. Really, you know, the yeah, the main character we watched 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yes. Yeah, as yeah. portraying... It came out in 1999. Well, no, he wasn't in... No, he Phantom wasn't famous. Menace. So <laughs> it came out in 2021. Yeah. yeah, so that's about 20 years. I think 2021. Yeah, about there. Yeah, but... 22. 22. Oh, so I it's 20 22. years. Yeah, 20 years, yeah. Man, I think when I saw him on screen... Yes, I think there are a bit of, in terms of the CGI, it was 2021, sorry, 2001 or 2002. <laughs> English, the, words are hard, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah you get what I mean. Yeah, but I, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Attack of Attack of the Clones came out in 2002. Yeah. Uh, I think then also, uh, the rest of the, I think I'm just going to go through really, really quickly because if not, we'll just James stay James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. James Earl uh, Jones, yeah. man. I, that was the one that I was really happy they brought back. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you can't have Vader without James Earl Jones' deep voice. Exactly. It's yeah. so amazing. It's man. iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. I am so glad for that as well. Uh, also, uh, shout out to... Sun Kang. Sun Kang, yeah. Yeah. Fifth uh, brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he, is, he has quite a... Okay, small role, but quite small prominent. Small role, but he, it, it's a very important role in the beginning exactly. of the series, I feel. Yeah. And Sun Kang, obviously, from the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. One of my... I think he's my favorite character from the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. Because Asian represent. Right. Kind, yeah, partly, right. but yeah. also because he's so cool. He is the coolest he's guy. He's the there, coolest, man. man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we bring up uh, also Rupert Friend. Rupert Friend, yes. Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He is a very talented actor, man. He is. Uh, And... He put he portrayed that role really really well. Yeah. yeah, and I think the last person will be oh no two more person will be Ku, uh, Kumail, Kumail and Kumail Nanjani, Nanjani and yeah. Indra Varma. Indra Varma. Indra Varma. Indra Varma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tala. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kumail Nanjani of Horse Plate Haja. Yeah, he's been appearing everywhere now. Ever since Eternal. Yeah. Ever he's since now Eternal. has an in yeah. with Disney. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because he has been a comedian his whole life. 
he was on Silicon Valley. He stole the show. He was so ridiculous. Oh, he's funny. in Silicon Valley. Yeah, yes. I, have, I did not watch that show. Yeah, I really want in, to watch that. Well, but. he's in a lot of movies as well. Yeah. You know, like he has so many movies. And then I think one of his first big breaks as a movie only came maybe 2018, 2019, where he would acted in a as a in a movie where I think they were suffering from cancer or something like that. But yeah, he's been an amazing comedy actor for a long time a really long time you know silicon valley started in 2014 oh wow okay and before that he was doing stand-up he was in so many different things yeah he's amazing yeah. he is really funny he is he is yeah. yeah and now i guess he's like a superhero yeah i guess so kingo? was it is that his name kingo i think so from eternal right yeah from eternal yeah, yeah, yeah one of the eternals yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think his name is Kingo. Well, the Bollywood guy, which is yeah, yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the whole show because it that's is. funny. Yeah, it, it was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, and he's a very talented actor because he makes everything so funny. Yeah, yeah. Agree, agree. And and Indira yeah, Varma as well, right? Yeah. She is in Game of Thrones, right? Yes, she was in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I remember. She's also in Legend of Vox Machina, dude. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah Alora exactly. Vicerin. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing voice actor. She's done so many amazing things, <laughs> honestly speaking. When I first heard her, because I was, I'll be honest, I, I will get into it later, later, but I was a bit distracted when I was watching the first few episodes. And okay. when I heard her voice, I immediately, wait a minute, <laughs> who's that? And I look, oh, okay, now then I was kind of, yeah, I will get into it a little bit, but <laughs> I was a bit distracted in the beginning parts of right. the series. Yeah, but I think in Game of Thrones, she was Elaria Sand. Yeah, she was. I, I felt that she stole the show, actually. Yeah. Like, for that arc, that specific yeah, arc, that especially arc. was her versus uh, my Cersei. God, Cersei, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just forgot her name the other day, remember? Yeah, you did. And I just forgot her name. Because we were talking think, yeah. about Ted Lasso and then yeah. I thought, yeah, oh my goodness. I keep thinking Jamie, Jamie. Like, no, yeah, that's me, the brother. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. Yeah, brain. Cersei, yeah. That's how I remember now because I recently forgot her name and then <laughs> it's in my it's in my RAM is my recently closed right tab, right right so, so it's right at the top right yeah <laughs> but Indira is so yeah. good man yeah and speaking about being distracted I think this is a perfect time we do a little recap of the mini TV series yeah yep here so, we go here we go we see the effect of Order sixty six on Kenobi. He is not the man we knew before, and he is at Tatooine watching over Luke. But because of the kidnapping of Leia, he went on a mission to rescue her. Upon rescuing her, the both of them are required to meet the res- resistance, but they are nowhere to be found. They were caught by a group of stormtroopers, but was saved by Tala Durith, a spy for the Freedom Fighter. Before escaping, the Inquisitor, along with Vader, found them. They captured Leia while Kenobi fought Vader. Kenobi lost and was burned by Vader, but was again saved by Tala. Kenobi and Tala set out to rescue Leia, who was almost being tortured by Reva in an Empire's base. Kenobi and Tala succeeded in rescuing Leia before her torture, but at some cost. Tala's status as spy is revealed to the Empire and Reva plays a tracking device on Leia's droid, which comes to a battle that happened in the Resistance hideout. Kenobi had to stall the troops by convincing Reva that the true enemy is Vader. And, plot twist, uh, Reva agrees as she was actually a youngling when her friends were killed by Anakin, although for some odd reason, she somehow survived. That led to a situation where the Resistance managed to escape while leaving Vader and Reva to fight. Vader won, as we all know, while Reva was stabbed, but she survived once again. 
The resistance was being chased by the Imperial cruiser. Kenobi decided to lure the cruiser away as he's the one that they won. Vader chose to face Kenobi one on one. A fierce battle ensues and Kenobi ultimately defeated Vader but still sees him as Anakin, his brother, underneath that suit. And he decided to leave him. Back at Tatooine, Reva found out about Luke. She went there wanting to kill him. Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru battled against the injured Reva, trying to protect Luke, but was defeated. Luke managed to run to a nearby rock, but fell and became unconscious. Reva found him, but was unable to kill him, as she is reminded that her action is similar to what Anakin had done to her. The show ends with Kenobi returning to the way of the Force, and finally able to hear his master's voice once more. A very, very brief snapshot of what happened throughout the whole Six episodes. Six episodes, yeah. yeah. Of course, I missed out a bunch of Yeah, uh, of course, yeah, yeah. Details, I mean, it's, yeah. that's what the show is for. Go watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you don't listen to me. Just watch it. <laughs> Precisely. With that, the first thing I want to ask you, what do you think of the show? Okay. First of all, I would like to point out in your short recap, right? About half of it is based on episode five and six. That More is than very half true, of it. Yeah. The big chunk of it is about episode five and six. I mean, there might be, there must be a reason for that. Yeah, and <laughs> here's the thing. That's the thing about Star Wars series nowadays. Yeah, it's really slow to pick up. Yeah, it's fine. I feel, honestly speaking, for a show like Mandalorian, if you're gonna be writing a long, big story, because the way the Mandalorian spoilers for Mandalorian, by the way, is go- seems to be turning out, it's gonna be about the succession of Mandalore itself. Yeah. Which is a big thing. You have to slowly walk people to it. Yeah. You know, with a story like Kenobi, like Obi-Wan's story, you don't really have that big of a story. Exactly, yeah. And everything, you push it, you you backload it to the last five, and uh, last two episodes in episode five and six. It really makes the first four feel unimaginative and very drawn out just for the sake of drawing it out. Yeah, I mean, completely agree with you, And here's the thing. I don't know if it's a Star Wars series thing nowadays because if you look at it this way, Stranger Things kind of also does that as well. Since season one, in fact, they have a a format, I would say, of backloading everything into the second last episode, everything comes together, then you deal with it in the last episode. So I don't know if it's a modern style of storytelling that just about every director is adopting, or if it's a problem with the storytellers themselves. I will say this though, with Stranger Things, it doesn't feel as bad typically because they blast you with all the episodes at once. And it is you're on your own time, you can binge the series as you want. Whereas Kenobi was a weekly series. Why? I, I And just before we started recording this, I did mention to you, I don't know how I feel about Kenobi. I think one of the main reasons is that I was watching Kenobi weekly up until episode 4. And then I gave up. Because I gave Kenobi a month, if you really think about it. One episode a week is a month. And then I gave up. And then I only watched episode 5 and 6 recently. Yeah. After it's all done. Because this kinds of series that has been coming out, like, I will say this, even Mandalorian, because like I mentioned, it is ramping up to tell a very big story. Season 1 
is a bit slow in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. I stopped. We've mentioned one. this in our Star yeah. Wars episode. And I've also mentioned this a little bit in our Stranger Things, the most recent Stranger Things episode, Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2. Hey, you got it. Still got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's an issue with the studios that are coming down too much on the directors on how to tell the story. Because why would suddenly so many directors choose to change the way they tell the story to this format? You know what I mean? It's yeah. a bit sus. I, I think you have a valid point in the things you said. I also feel that I think the is the quality of story writing, right? I don't know. Yeah, maybe if you follow it weekly, because I binge this one. Yeah. But I do feel the first four episodes were slow. It's and very I, draggy. And I was... Oh, no. I watched episode one and then I stopped. Right, yeah. Because of the hype, you know? Oh, no. Episode one and two, yeah, because of the hype. Yeah. Then I stopped and I waited for all episodes to be out before I watched the whole thing. That's right, yeah. Maybe that's the reason not so bad for my end because I watch it like Stranger Things. But mm. if you compare both of them, because both of them kind of binge both of them, right? Yeah, they I, actually they the came out directly of, together. Yeah. They're like in, competi- in competition with each other. Yeah, and I feel I felt the quality of the build-up for both are, have very different quality. Yeah, I find uh for Obi-Wan Kenobi, despite me being a Star Wars fan first before Stranger Things, definitely, I felt Stranger Things was much better... Uh, there's the the build up to the main the gradient the is more more it's pleasing pleasing yeah, yeah yeah that's right yeah that's a better word of putting it yeah but yeah I just felt I think the call in terms of story writing as well there's something lacking for me in this definitely one. of course as well and I, I can, will say that we yeah. will go into a, the deep in a bit, bit yeah in a bit, but, but yeah. just a little bit more on this right now mm. because of the momentum of watching the first four episodes weekly and then coming to the fourth episode where you're so down in the ditch already. Yeah. Then on episode five and six is really good. I had a really good experience watching episode five and six. Mm, yeah. Because it was at least interesting. Yeah. I will say this though, when I started episode five, I wasn't happy already. What happened in episode five? No, it wasn't anything to do with oh, the story. Right. It was because I was starting it with a bad taste in my mouth. I see, I see. Right, okay, that's what you meant. Yeah, okay. So here's yeah. the thing that I want to mention. Do you think Star Wars purposefully does this because they know their main audience has a bad taste in the mouth for all the movies and they want to show that they can redeem themselves? I'm I, probably thinking too much about it. <laughs> like I'm reading too much about it. <laughs> I know, it's a conspiracy theory, you know? right. Yeah, I I don't know. Could be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that wasn't a really a legitimate question, by the way. I'm just kidding. But here's the thing: I think Star Wars actually thinks that way, that they can redeem themselves no matter what. That they are like Darth Vader, you know. They can have a good beginning, which was the trilogy series, which is Anakin's upbringing. Yeah. Then they get turned to the dark side and give us. A lot of people would say since the prequels, a bad movie-going experience. I'm not one of those people. I would say from the sequel trilogy, they give us bad experiences. And that was Darth Vader as Darth Vader serving the Empire. Yeah. And then right at the end, they redeem themselves to become a Force ghost again. Yeah. I think maybe that's what the, the kind of impression they have in their mind that they are kind of infallible and no matter what, their fandom will just... They'll, the fandom will mm. still watch it no matter what. Yeah, so I would say your first point is a bit kinder than my my opinion. That's what I thought. Uh, but when you say your last point, I completely agree with that. To be honest, I feel that when Disney bought Star Wars, mm-hmm. they know that fact that no matter what they throw out there, 
their fandom will just watch it. Just lap it and up. And they yeah. will just they're just going to make a lot of publicity out of it because people are just going to complain, either complain or they're going to praise. Yeah. It's either one of those things. Yeah. Mostly it's going to be complaining because it's Star Wars. Yeah. You can't please everybody. And at the end of the day, the bottom line is that Disney are going to make tons of money from these yeah. things. And so it doesn't matter to They them. made shit ton yeah. of money because not only on subscriptions, they have all the other merchandising stuff as exactly. well. Exactly, yeah. The brandings, like they make toys, they make merch they make posters like, from ju- any series yeah. they release like the May the 4th uh, day on Disneyland was all over the world everybody was talking about exactly, it exactly yeah. yeah it's ridiculous so here's the thing about it now I feel like Disney or rather LucasArts and Disney at large yeah, yeah. they are constantly producing crap just constantly producing. Whether it's crap, whether it's good, doesn't exactly. matter. As long yeah. as they keep churning yeah. it out, yeah. they don't care. Because I will say this, we are not going to be talking about a full episode on Miss Marvel because one, maybe it's not directed, maybe it's not, we're not the target audience. Yeah. Probably that's why. But two, because I don't feel it's a good series. Yeah. I personally don't feel it's a good series. I watched the first two episodes. Oh, I you didn't did? like okay. it? Yeah. I didn't like it at all. And it's not to do with anything about the cast or the performances. I didn't like the story. It felt very kiddish and it felt very forced. Right. Strangely, that that's how Precisely. I felt about this one as Precisely. well. Precisely. Oh, maybe that's what Disney wants us to feel. Force. You know Star Wars? Uh, but here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> you had an opportunity. You had a chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ewan McGregor was so happy to come back. I think he's still pretty happy with his performance because... His performance was pretty good. No, I think he's still very happy with what the outcome. Okay, okay, yeah, I guess so. And here's the thing. I don't blame him because overall, I think the ending of Kenobi was a very nice ending. It was a very good last two episodes. Agree. And being an actor, he probably did it all at one bunch. Yeah. Jumping from episode scenes to episode scenes. So he only remembers the overarching story in general. Yeah. So on paper, if I were to look at a very short description like the one we just did here, the story's amazing. Yeah. It's a very interesting premise. Of course, yeah. But then, like what I mentioned, your first, maybe one third of that description was the first four episodes and everything else was backloaded into episode five and six. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of also at least my opinion in terms of how I felt about the show. Why the reason I said force was a very accurate word for mm-hmm. me because I think when you go into the details of the show, a, a lot of their logic start to break down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether that's just because we both look, listen to like storytelling and all those things and we just... Here's the thing, okay? But, you and I will both agree. We're not the smartest of people. Yeah, definitely. There yeah. are definitely at least maybe 40 to 50% of the world that is smarter than us because oh, we're yeah. average intelligence. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're yeah. not dumb boys either. Yeah. And the Star Wars franchise has spanned a massive amount of variety of fans. Yeah. Therefore, we are probably amongst the the median yeah, of Star definitely. Wars friends yeah. in terms of intelligence. Yeah. So, I, it's safe to say that half the people would realize and feel the same way that we did. I guess so, yeah. And it, it, we felt very forced into watching... Even the storyline felt so forced. Yeah. Right? It, they could have done something so much, but yeah. I feel... I think so too. <laughs> yeah. But... What do you think about the show is, again, you feel false as well? Like, yeah. Like me. Yeah, okay. I guess with similar experiences. I kind of uh, guess so. Probably. Storyline was very, very, very wafer thin. It is, actually, yeah. It's just, 
it's replaying. Honestly speaking, one, I don't mind a replaying of the whole A New Hope storyline of Leia. Mm-hmm. That she was caught and that she has to be rescued. Yeah. Especially because she's a child now. Yeah. You know, she is much more vulnerable than previously because at least in A New Hope, she was a badass bitch, man. Yeah. Because yeah, of the yeah. life. she Probably because of this event happening Exactly, well. yeah. I don't mind that. It's just Obi-Wan's journey there was very lackluster. It feels like it's being dragged out, right? Yeah. Like, it's, you know, okay, this is me because I watched a lot of anime when I was younger. Yeah, it felt same. like a filler episode where yeah. you just need to drag out the time. Precisely. Before the new exactly. The That's exactly it. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. I, man. Okay, I mean, in terms of storyline for me, I felt Leia's journey, I felt she doesn't have that hero's journey nope. here. In she fact, has the victim's she's, journey. Yeah, she is the same. She's, she's just, just there. Yeah. She's just a plot device. Exactly. Although the story kind of want to force you to believe that this is a ju- hero's journey from the mischievous Leia into this more broad-thinking Leia, but you don't see it because her character don't change throughout. And to be very honest, yeah. she's like, what, seven, eight years old in the show? Yeah. Who cares? Because by the time she turns nine, everything will be different again. You're a child, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Things change. And it's exactly, not like yeah. a life-shattering actions, you know? It's not mm. like, you know, her whole world was destroyed when she was a kid. Yeah. Then she's forced to live like Ray, you know? Yeah. Where that would be a life-changing accident. Yeah. She just got kidnapped. Exactly, right, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying kidnap is not bad. It, it It's not bad? I'm not, ki- I'm not saying kidnap is... <laughs> Not bad. bad enough. Okay, right. A kidnap is... Uh, sorry, that's what I meant. Kidna- being kidnapped is horrible, yes. And yes, she's probably going to be affected by it a lot. And this is probably what changed her journey. But it's... Doesn't feel like enough? You know oh, what right. I mean? Okay, yeah. Uh, I think I'm more on the side of... I felt that she seemed to be undeterred by any of this Yeah, exactly. All. Like, not because it's kidnapping, just the characterization, I suppose. Yeah. From the writing side. Like, that's very true like, as well, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like she's going to be faced by this very much. I think it will be amaz- more amazing if she you show her as a spoiled brat that doesn't know anything. Like, for example, the cousin that she was talking in episode one. Yeah. She's a bit closer to that, yeah. but have a better, like, maybe good side. But here's the thing. But, I, like I said, this she's just a plot device. Exactly, yeah. Because she all, she's really just there for Reva to capture. Yeah. And then she's there for Reva to use as bait. Twice. Twice. And she's there for Reva to use as like a distraction with using the droid to kind of deter everything from happening. Yeah, that's true. She's really just a plot device, which is unfortunate that you use a character like Leia as a plot device, right? Yeah. It's really unfortunate because there is no character development from Leia at all. Mm. The one, I would say, character development between Obi-Wan and Reva. I guess so. That's yeah, really cool. That, yeah. That's really so. awesome. But then again... You don't have character development from the main villain of the series. Vader? Yeah. Because how can you? Because you cannot change the events of the pre- the original trilogy. Because the Star Wars fans will hate you. If you change that. anything. With a, right, yeah. with a vengeance if you change that. Yeah. Because he has to start out evil then so that he can be good by the end. Yep. So you cannot make him good this time. Well, technically the main villain is... Reva, I Reva, guess. yeah. Yeah, but then if you have a main villain like Reva and then you have a secondary villain like Vader, it makes Reva look so shitty in comparison. Yeah, that's, I think that's, well, that's my main gripe with like Reva as a character. Yeah. Not as an actress or whatsoever. Moses Ingram did a perfectly good job. I hated her from the bit. I hated her. <laughs> guts. She was what 
kept me wanting to watch, you know? Yeah. Not even Ewan McGregor because he was a sad, dejected old man. Yes, which agree. Yeah. Eight years like this, oh my goodness. Eight, yeah. years is, uh, eight years is doesn't feel like that long a time to me. Yeah. Honestly speaking, if you really think about it, you know the song Sorry by Justin Bieber? That was eight years ago. I'm so sorry about that. No, but yeah. you see, like, it doesn't seem <laughs> okay. like a very long time ago, it's does it? Not, yeah, it's not. Yeah. And Obi-Wan looks like he's about to die, man. Yeah. But we all know he's going to live for at least another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think, okay, let's let's talk about Riva's storyline, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that's a bit interesting because I don't think it's written well because like in the beginning, you get to see her this ruthless person. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the twist, yeah. it feels like, oh, all this time she is doing evil things, cutting people's hand, yeah. being so aggressive to everything, it's because she wants to get back at Vader. Which is like you're helping him. And then <laughs> and then you're helping him and then you are killing all these Jedis because the Inquisitors yeah. are chasing after Jedis. But who, your friends were Jedis. To me, it doesn't make sense yeah. because... the I will say, yeah. that was a very good plot twist of her being a youngling yes. that was executed extremely poorly. Yeah, in fact, I would appreciate it personally I would appreciate it more if the storyline actually you show right in front of the Inquisitor she's ruthless and then she's at helping out, actually yeah, helping out the, because here's the thing yeah. nothing in that character in the first four episodes was alluding to her being a youngling yes she had really she was really powerful yes but that's it yeah nothing alludes to her being a youngling and that twist feels like it comes out of left field and it doesn't feel like it belongs yeah, because you never show any side of her being good, that she can turn good. Precisely. And there's no clue whatsoever. And I'm fully aware that in real life, there are people like this. Of maybe course. I'm not just not understanding the character of Third yeah, Sister. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps, but I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel right. Exactly. It feels forced. It to feels have that, very forced. Again, to have that plot twist yeah. happen. You know, like, Precisely. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I will say it's a very good plot twist. I think to so have too, a young yeah. man survive. Yeah, I love that actually. I will, I've always thought about that. I think I mentioned it in an L Star Wars right, episode yeah. that there are some Jedi's who survive Order sixty six, and there are some younglings yeah. that survive Order sixty six, and then they start like a new Jedi Rebel Alliance kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I think that would be, awesome. be kind of cool. In, I think it's like, cool. A different timeline because yeah. it wouldn't work in this timeline with uh, the the sequel trilogies and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. But for a character like Third Sister where her story was based on her hatred, she had already become what she despised most. Exactly, right? And yes, her redemption at the end, not being able to kill Luke, fine, you know, yeah, okay, good for you, good job, you redeem yourself. But that it's still not who you are. Exactly, you right. You just can't bear to kill a boy. Yeah. It doesn't make you a good person, all of a sudden. Yeah, it, okay, this is so funny. I read some of the comments like after the show just on Reddit, I can't remember where, mm-hmm. it says some, someone said like, oh, saying that Reva actually is redeem herself is like saying a serial killer decided not to kill the last person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right? Exactly. It doesn't... It, does, it doesn't redeem anything. It doesn't redeem anything, you yeah. know? It's just... Uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's the writing. I think that's just... I just felt it was poorly written for Reva. Or the third, I mean the third well, sister, yeah. Not only just for Reva, oh, but yeah. my, most of the show was kind of it feels like it's kind of haphazardly yeah. written yeah I agree I mean for her right you know I think it would be amazing right if for example you get to see that she's doing something that's good something that she's bad or whatever or and then she becomes like you have the explanation of like the reason why she's doing something that's bad right now is because she know if she follow the good way the She'll Jedi killed, way yeah. 
she'll get killed because Precisely, that's what yeah. happened in the past, right? That's yeah. her trauma. Yeah. And then she has to do something that's bad. But she's not actually a bad person. Here's the thing then, as well. Like, yeah. on that point, this is a TV series. You're going to have moments to show Reva by herself. Show her in deep contemplation regretting her actions of killing random people. Oh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's one thing. Immediately from the beginning, you're like, oh, shit. This is kind of a redeemable character. Exactly Because right. she has to keep up appearances. Yeah. And she has her... Amb- like, in the beginning, you just think it's all about ambition. Yeah. That she wants to be Grand Inquisitor. Because then you, in, like, implement an idea that maybe if she thinks once she becomes Grand Inquisitor, she'll be safer. You know? She wouldn't have... She wouldn't actually have to be committing the killings. Yes, she'll be the one... Like, there is a difference. She'll be the one ordering the killing. But it, there is a difference between ordering something and actually doing it. Like, let me put it this way. Most people are fine eating a hamburger. Ask them to kill a cow if you don't want it. <laughs> nice one, yeah. You know? So implant that idea into the audience's minds that yeah. once she becomes Grand Inquisitor, she probably feels like she's going to be safer. Show her that moments of her in solitude, regretting her decisions or breaking down a little bit. Show, give the character a bit more bloody depth. Yeah, exactly right. To yeah. show us, the audience, that they are indeed worth redem- worth of it. Re- they're like worth it of redemption. Yeah, worthy of redemption. Right? And then the plot twist will work. That yeah. plot twist. At the end, yeah. no, because like then you show with that 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 conflicting emotions of wanting to do like do having to do evil and hating it. And then you show character progression to the point where she is blinded by her hate and that she becomes more okay with killing. Just because, just to get to her goal of reaching Vader and being by his side, then you have the plot twist of her being a youngling, and then you can see like that she was really because, in the words of the show and of the franchise, blinded by her hate. Yeah, exactly. And then towards yeah. the end, once she's free of Vader's kind of grasp, show her influence from Kenobi that she is rede- redeemed. Yeah, and then not only you. Built her character in that way. You built Kenobi's. You, and you built Vader's. Yeah. Because you show him as an oppressive force. Exactly. Yeah. And most importantly, you make the first four fucking episodes more interesting. Thank you for saying that. That's just... That, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. If we are average people, once again with average intelligence... <laughs> completely agree. Yeah. We can think of a story like that. Yeah. It's... That's why I said it feels forced because there's when you look into the details, just not even like multiple layers. Yeah. I think we talked about this in one of Podity More episode where in story writing, sometimes even like a book like J.R. Tolkien's uh, Law of the Ring classic, right? You look, look far, far enough, far enough you can yeah, break it. You can look through the, yeah. you have to really look far. Yeah, ex- well, no, not for Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, you don't have to look very far. Okay, right. But, but it's, not as shallow no, as this. No, not as shallow as this. Right? This is like a puddle. You yeah. know, I just <laughs> doesn't even wet my shoes. It's yeah, all protected yeah. by the midsole. It's fine. It's completely fine, man. This yeah. is just ah. It's like a game, you know, where everything looks so nice, but the moment you go past a thin point, it's just like yeah, it breaks. Yeah, the it game breaks. breaks. Yeah. It's ah. You know what? I'm 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 done with the story. Real. Let's let's move on to something else. I'm thinking of moving on to characters. Uh, I mean, among all the, all the characters, mm-hmm. we talk extensively with Freya. Yeah. Anyone else? That I dislike or liked? Both. Um, uh, let's hmm. take Reva out of this. Uh, well, no, okay. I didn't dislike I, the character. 
Okay, right. I, th- yeah. I just like the storyline of the characters. Yes, yes, yeah, okay. I think yeah. the storyline could have been done a lot better. So yeah. let's remove story out of it. Yes. And uh, of course, Obi-Wan is an amazing character. For sure. 100%. 1 million thousand, whatever. 1 Google percent. Oh yeah, definitely. He's an amazing He's character. He's my favorite character in all Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. me too. But also feels a bit shallow this show because of the storyline. In fact, I wanted to say that... <sighs> He doesn't have any... Everything that happened to him is things that happened to him. Inconsequential as well. Okay, but part of me is a bit more forgiving with that because I knew coming to the show that what happened is that everything's going to be okay for this main character. I know Vader is going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. There are no stakes. (laughs) No stakes because (laughs) I know exactly what's going to happen. It's a bit funny, but at the same time, uh, I'm okay. Here's the thing. I love the premise about Obi-Wan. Right. Broken old man after yes, eight years I, in the Empire. Yeah, I like that. Finding too. his way to find... On the surface, shallow deep puddle again, perfect premise. I think so too. Broken old man finds his way back to his master at the end. Which, uh, I love that cameo. Yeah, Thank I you, love, Liam yes. Neeson. You yeah. are amazing. Thank you for put, even calling him to put, put him mm-hmm. there. Right? Yeah. That, that was fantastic. That was amazing. There were parts of this, this whole... I want to say film. This whole series... That was done really well. Agree. Completely but most agree. of it was fan service. Yeah, actually, I will say that some of it is good, but I think the story bit is just too shallow. Definitely. Uh, I mean, like, for example, Obi-Wan's journey, everything happened to him and he's just reacting to exactly. every single thing. Yeah. We want to see that Obi-Wan that makes decision. You know, when you make yeah. a hero's journey, right? You change because you make a decision on, on doing something. Yeah. That you wouldn't have done beforehand. Yeah, precisely. And I felt it wasn't the biggest one that I can allude to that was that he allowed Leah to go into the ducks herself. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah, that's that, the only that, thing. That's, yeah, that's exactly, the only difference. Yeah. Agree. But like that's not big enough. Yeah, in fact I wanted to say about that moment, uh, about Leah, in terms of when we were talking to Leah earlier, mm-hmm. that is one of the, my favorite moments of Leah. Like yeah. just But she's been like that from the beginning. She doesn't mind running off by herself being alone. That's exactly. not change. That's not progression. Yeah, it's not progression. Yeah. But I, I felt that, oh, this moment, she felt like Leia. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, no, like, I mean, she felt like Leia all the way throughout. Being like the stubborn, impetus kind of person. I guess so, yeah. I guess so, yeah. Even from a kid, that it makes yeah. so much sense. But it just feels, like, again, very shallow. Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. very lackluster. Okay, I think we talk about... Vader, though. Vader. Sorry, okay. Vader. Yeah, let's go character by character. Vader, characters. Vader was yeah. amazing. Yes. Vader was, like... Oppressive. Yeah. I He could be more. I, feel. I guess so, yeah. His powers, his the, the powers on display was amazing as well. Yes. Him holding down the ship. Oh my goodness. What an amazing scene. Finally, we get to see it, right? Yeah. I want to see, I, that's what I wanted to see from these powerful Sith Lords or Jedis that they were using their powers, especially from Sith Lords because they are able to, they are more willing to use their powers to force things down. Exactly. You know, like like that scene in Kylo in, yeah, in, yeah. in holding Force Awakens. Laser. Holding, yeah, holding the beam. Yeah. And he's just pulling down that ship shit right which kind of you know in my head mimics his son's journey of raising the X-Wing in Dagobah oh my goodness yeah to my I mean in my head like just that's where my lens was going but it was really cool him bringing down that ship was so amazing I love the part where he used the rocks when fighting uh, Obi-Wan yeah and just used rocks to force exactly you know force you into submission or like that's one thing. Beating, yeah. That's one thing I would say. The fights in this series were amazing. His fight with Reva at the end, oh. where he wasn't using a saber and just 
parrying yeah. with his force. Like yeah. she swings and then he just uses his hand to force it away. That, that is... was masterful. Yes. That is my favorite fight. Not even the fight with Obi Wan was my favorite right. fight. Okay, that was because you can see the power of Vader and yes. you see the the immense chasm of ability between Reva and Obi and Darth Vader, yeah. which should be. He is the most powerful being. I mean, Palpatine aside, because he's a force vampire or whatever. But he <laughs> is the most powerful being in the whole galaxy. Yeah, he should be doing shit like this. Yeah, and that scene was done. Per- like, I think maybe if I look at everything on a whole, deep, like way deep into this show, he might have been my favorite character, Vader. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite moment involves him. Yeah. Uh, especially when fighting with Obi-Wan mm. and his Which mask was broken. Yeah, the last in episode and then, 6. And then he said, no, you did not kill Anakin Skywalker. I, I killed yeah. oh. Anakin Skywalker. I was like, oh my god, that makes a lot of sense. That scene as well with the overlay of James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen, yeah. that was amazing. That's amazing, yeah. That, I love that. Yeah. That was done perfectly. Yeah. That was amazing. I also like that every single thing to do with Darth Vader was just so good. Agree. It's yeah. just so yeah, I think he might I think I have to pull a, an angel of my wife here. Darth Vader was my favorite character in this series. He was the hero. He's because not a hero, he's a the, a really good villain. So here's the thing. He's not a hero of in terms of character. Oh, I, he's I the hero it. of this series because he saved the show. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. One of my favorite things as well are new all along. He knew that Reva was a freaking yeah. youngling. And he knew that she wanted revenge on him. And he just used it because that's yeah. what Siths do. Yeah, and he's so comfortable with it because he knows that Reva is not a match against him at all. One, that's one thing as well. But that's what Siths do, you yeah. know? They they let your hate stew yeah. and then they turn you. Like what Palpatine did to him. Yes, yes. You know, you let your hatred stew and then you twist it into something for their own good. Yeah, exactly. By trying yeah. to prove herself to become Grand Inquisitor so that she can, you know, get close to Vader to try and kill him. He yeah. knows that he, she will never be able to kill him. Yeah. And in in the process of doing that, she kills so many Force-sensitive people. Yeah, yeah. Just to try and prove herself. Yeah. So for Vader, it's like a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's why he's the hero of this series. Oh, completely agree. My that favorite was... part of the series. No, hands down. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, actually, that's a very great analogy yeah. of the whole portion. So, your, that's your is that your favorite moment? Then? Favorite moment, Uh, I think it's the fight scene. It's tied between the fight scene between River and the fight scene with the final fight scene with Obi-Wan and Vader pulling down the ship. Ah, right, Those are right, my right. three favorite moments. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because everything else is kind of sullied by story. Yeah. Yeah. True, true, true. I think mine will be very similar. Oh, sorry. And hello there. Oh, yeah. How can... Like, no. Definitely. Of course. Hello there. Exactly. Don't be afraid. You know? Oh, it's just so much Alec Guinness in him. Yeah. So much Alec Guinness. But yeah, I think those are my favorite things. Did you like very much from the show? Not that much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do love what I said. Uh, that my favorite moment is still that uh, Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, saying that I killed Anakin Skywalker to yeah. Obi Wan. I like the moments where uh, Darth Vader was emotional and making stupid decisions because that reminds yeah. me of Clone War Anakin. That's very when true. he said, "No, you, all of you stop here. I'm going for uh, Obi Wan myself." Yeah. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, 
that was like, oh my god, this is like the stupid Anakin Skywalker that we watched. Exactly. Okay, yeah. not stupid, but rather foolish. Like that, yeah, no, like that, passionate the blinded and foolish, by hate. Blinded by hate. Yeah. And he's so passionate. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love to see that because you can see still parts of Anakin. Anakin, there, precisely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so but all encompassed within that scene. That's the starting of the scene of the fight. Yeah. And then and the ending of the fight as well. That was amazing moment. I I love Obi Wan's uh, reaction as well to finally not being able to kill yeah Anakin. Yeah. I know I I read a lot of things in the on the internet saying that he's so stupid. Like you can finally beat someone that may destroy the world, the the universe, whatever, because he's the second most dangerous man in the whole <sighs> system. But he's your brother. He's his brother. You can't do exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah. It, to me, it makes sense that. I can't do it. This is not my fight. And he just walked the, away. And like, yeah. okay, maybe some people can do that. But that speaks to Obi-Wan's character. Exactly, yes. You know, he's yeah. not able to end Anakin's life. He's had multiple chances. Yeah. On Mustafar, on here in this series as well. But he's not that kind of person. He's still a Jedi through and through. Which I think is perfect. I mean, in terms of the writing for that portion. And he that's yeah. a hero moment, you know? Yeah. Heroes don't kill people anyway. Not willingly anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Look at look at Superman. Look at Batman. They have a line they don't cross. Yeah. That's a hero. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So those moments are great. And oh yeah. And when he was using the lightsaber and he finally used the Obi Wan stance. Yes. Oh my goodness. I felt that finally. Was, oh, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was very very satisfying as well. Yeah. In contradiction of all of this, one thing I did this kind of disliked was some of the scenes, in particular with Obi Wan and Vader. Some of them were too dark to see anything. Yeah. Okay. That's the cinematography, especially the first their first encounter, right? Yeah. It's just not only that. Like in Episode Five and Six as well. Maybe in Six, it's so. It's yes, I get that the tone is supposed to be dark, but you can't see shit, man. Yeah. Look, I will compare it directly to something. I thought recently in Stranger Things, I didn't mention this in the Stranger Things episode, but in episode maybe five, I want to say, maybe five or six, where the kids go to the upside down, that whole scene, maybe episode six. Yeah. That whole scene, there was a portion of it was so dark. Yes. That I've had difficulty actually seeing what was on screen. Yeah. And that was still better than freaking a few couple of scenes in this series. True. Yeah. And to my understanding, I think it's a direction from the director, not the cinematographer. Because the cinematographer right, okay. should be the one, yes, he's the one in charge of lighting. He's the one in charge of filming. But he, And the cinematographers have a vision as well. But they still have to suit the tone of the director, I think. Right, maybe. I'm, maybe, not, yeah. I'm not, I don't have the best understanding of movie making. So uh, it's somewhere between the cinematographer and the director. Yeah, I think you're you're right in the sense that the director will have the final say what they want. Yeah. Unless the dar- this dar- I mean, we don't know who is in charge of this one, right? Because it could be the director just saying that, oh yeah, do uh, do with it with whatever you want, right? That kind of uh, thing. Here's but it's f- unlikely. It's very unlikely. Yeah. I don't think directors will do then that. You, you can't, they can't, it's their job to direct, right? Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing though. I think I know where the problem lies. Oh, really? Yeah. So the director for Obi-Wan Kenobi was Deborah Chow. Yeah. Deborah Chow did a few things. She directed, I think, two episodes in Mandalorian the first season. Okay. Because Mandalorian doesn't follow just one director. Yeah, multiple, right? Yeah, John Favreau and Dave Filoni 
showcase different multiple directors in in episode by episode. Yeah. Of course, they take charge in a couple episodes here and there. Yeah. But they use more or less a different director from episode to episode. Yeah. And they have a very great pool of directors, with Deborah Chow being one of them. But Deborah Chow also is in charge of shows like she's done a little she's she did, I think, Mr. Robot quite a bit. Oh, with uh Rami Malik? Uh, Rami Malik, yeah. yeah. She did some vampire diaries. She's she did the whole Iron Fist series. That was hers. Okay. And also she did some Jessica Jones. Okay. If you think of those shows tonally. Those are very dim and dark shows. Jessica Jones especially. Right? Yeah. yeah. Jessica Jones, even Iron Fist as well. Yeah, it's always like quite dark. Mr. Robot as well is very dim and dark. Oh, I, I didn't watch past the first two episodes, I think. Yeah, but you you can't yeah. get the gist already. Even I the first so, two yeah. episodes. It's him sitting in the dark with like a lap, like a computer screen in his face. Ah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the cinematographer was... I think what was his name Chung Chung Hoon yes yeah something like that yeah and he did stuff like it which is not it's quite bright but more recently it's Last Night in Soho Uncharted oh okay so it's again it's very diverse though very different very right? diverse cinematography it's one of the more diverse yeah you can't really tell there's arts. no style right there is I, a I mean style, there is a style but, but it yeah. also seems totally very dark Oh right, and both of them like. I think it's a combination problem, maybe, maybe because maybe. because in my head, my understanding is that a cinematographer versus a director is that they're supposed to butt hits at times to see how to make a show better. Yeah, you know, they both have their vision of the shot, and it's how they collaborate and how they butt hits to make it better. It's like in Starfleet, you don't want a captain and a first commander that is constantly in sync. You want them, the first commander is there to kind of question, and not question, but like rival the captain's arguments to, so that they can make the best decision moving forward. Yes, the captain is still the, the one that makes the decision, but it's the first officer's duty to help them make the best decision possible in any scenario. Yeah. Which I feel in this scenario, in this case, between director and cinematographer, it should be the case as well. But they both like the dark things and they're too similar. And so the unfortunate outcome of it is that the product doesn't seem... It's their style, basically. It's Very uniquely them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, I get your point. Although part of me felt like, hey, you, you guys should be the expert at dark themes then, right? Yeah. But yeah, but it could be that like for them at this moment. That here's is the, here's the thing, though. A scene doesn't need to be totally, extremely dark for it to be ominous and scary. Oh yeah, of course. But think I don't about think... Rogue One. Yeah, that I'd, final I'd... scene with Vader. Oh, how don't. ominous and scary was that and how well lit and you could see everything on the screen there. You get flashes of the light. Yes, of course. It was dark at first, I think. It was dark wrong, at first, yeah. but then you get flashes of the red lights yeah. and then you see the smoke and then you see the lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not just a single dark and lightsaber. Exactly. It has to have something else. Even J.J. Abrams in The Force Awakens one of the darkest scenes was between like I like this is one of my favorite scenes I've mentioned this a few times if you listen to this again I'm listen to our podcast before I'm sorry I'm bringing mentioning it again Ben versus Han oh yeah, yeah definitely it's yeah. literally the close crop shot of each character's face with lit up by a lightsaber yeah yeah, yeah. because it's sufficient it's minimalist but this is just it's not enough 
Yeah, because I think the shot was taken when they are far away. They're wide apart, it's, yeah. It's not like... I think it works if it's like the light from the lightsaber kind of just bounce off your face and the yeah, camera is pan out to exactly. just... Like the J.J. Abrams shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but this one, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, I remember there's a part where I think Obi-Wan was running around in the dark with the lightsaber. Yeah. And it was just like this little blue light. And, and you this, can't see... You yeah, can barely see any of the series. Yeah. How am I supposed to enjoy something I'm watching if I can't watch it? I think the... Contrast is just too much. Ah, Star Wars, again, you disappoint me. Ah, man. I think that's the biggest... For me, I'm just going to wrap up in terms of like what I feel about this yeah, show. Go ahead. I felt one is forced in yeah. mel- multiple levels. I yeah. think at the end of the day, everything is very shallow in terms of the story writing. I think they introduce interesting characters, I must admit. Yep. I think they get some of the battles right and some of the conversation and dialogue. For example, I think some of our favorite parts were mentioning that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But I think as a Star Wars fan overall, I still feel a bit uh, sucky because Obi-Wan is my favorite character. And for him, his hero's journey back yeah. to who he is is pretty much a reaction to things that the third sister kind of figure out because they have some form of connection with Organa, yeah. Senator Organa, and simply of a single event that happened here I don't know, it just doesn't give me that it, satisfaction. Yeah, it's not satisfying at all. Because be- pre- previous, from before watching this show, I just had imagined that Obi-Wan was, he knew about Order 66 and he, was, he wasn't he was a broken old man. It didn't break him. So when he they put the premise of him being broken because of this, I'm like, okay, that's an interesting take. Yeah. But yeah, the whole thing just didn't do justice to one of my favorite characters exactly. in the whole of Star Wars. Exactly. It's just uh yeah. what what about your summary then? <laughs> That's just like okay here. There are great <laughs> things about it. Like no no course, doubt. Yeah. I like I mentioned what I liked about it. That's basically about how much that's basically <laughs> it about what I liked about it. Yeah. What I okay, oh sorry, I forgot to mention this as well. Joel Egerton with his recurring like reprising his role as Owen Lars. Oh, yeah. And Jimmy yeah. Smith's reprising yeah. his role as uh, Bail Organa. Was it Bail Organa? Yes. Yeah. Ah, that was That's perfect. Good, right? Yeah. I love it. Because Jimmy Smith is one of my favorite actors. You know, he's such a good actor. You know, he's been in so many things. He was in, in The Heights, for goodness sake. He was in... Oh, he is Kevin. Oh, yeah. My and goodness, he's in so many musicals. Yeah, yeah. He is also in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right. right. As uh, Amy's father. Oh yeah, that's right. Jimmy yeah. Spitz, yeah. He's in so many things that I love. I love his character so much. Jogal Egerton as well. He's done so many amazing things and I love that they managed to reincorporate these people because they are essential people in Star Wars. Mm, yeah. And, and I, that, I love that we get a chance to see them reprising these characters however small a role they play. I still love that they get to do that. Yeah. And then everything else. Just, just a, It's such a lackluster story. It's so shallow. And it just hor- it's just horrible that this is the way that Star Wars is done nowadays. Yeah, sadly. I, I did mention to you though, this is the first time when I, f- when I after watching the show, I was telling you, hey, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni is not a part of it. Which I think is the big issue here. Because we've been enjoying uh, Dave Everything they've done. And, yeah. and with that, I also want to ask you, right? Oh, sorry, have you finished? Yeah, your summary. Yeah, 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 no, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm so done with it. <laughs> I'm so done with it. Uh, so, uh, speaking about Dave Filoni, right? Where, where do you think uh, the Star Wars miniseries are going right now? Like, they are... I the think- next one is Ahsoka. 
yeah. which Filoni and Favreau are on. Which is the future bit, right? Because it, no, no future. I think it's running in the same time as Mando Season 3. Yeah. As I, in the I, I, I timeline. Like, yeah, I like that. That timeline is amazing. Timeline. The Favreau-Filoni connection is so good. Yeah. And I love to see that carry on. Also because I think, if I'm not mistaken in the Ahsoka series, they're going to bring back a lot of characters from Rebels. Oh. Yeah. My goodness. There is this actor called Natasha Liu Bordizo. She'll be playing Sabine Wren. <gasps> Sabine is back. Sabine is back, yeah. Also, they were saying Hera Syndulla is going to be in a series. Oh, shit. Yeah. And um, maybe minor spoiler alert, they were saying maybe it might be portrayed by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She was Ramona in Scott Pilgrim versus the... Oh, okay. I, I can't remember faces. Okay, and yeah. she was also in Birds of Prey, which you didn't watch as Huntress. Yeah, yeah. But, but, here's the thing. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in real life Ewan McGregor's wife, I think. Oh, or they're okay. engaged. They have a kid together. Okay, right. And she yeah. is supposedly cast in a major role in the Star Wars franchise, but it's not revealed yet which character she's going to be. She's, she's been cast in an undis- undisclosed character. Okay. Which is, uh, I, I really think, I really think that she's going to be Hera Syndulla. I'm so excited to have Hera Syndulla. Yeah. In in the, in live action. Yeah. Actually, yeah. And Sabine as well. Yeah, Sabine. Also, Hayden Christensen is supposed to be in this series. As Force Ghost? No, it's this is I don't know. Uh, oh my goodness. I think he's still alive, right? In Mando? No, man. Mando is after uh That's true, yeah. It's already yeah, after After the um Return of Jedi. Return of Jedi, yeah. But here's the thing, maybe it might be a flashback. Oh. So you get to see some of Anakin Snips. Oh my god, that would be That's amazing. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Or maybe he's there as a force ghost to help. Because he's supposed to be dead and he supposedly became good at the end. Yeah. That's why you see him at the uh well, you kind of see Hayden Christensen if you watch the remastered yep. version yep. of yep. <laughs> <laughs> you see his force ghost there. Yep. But yeah. I think he might come and help his old apprentice. Or his old Padawan, rather. Not Apprentice. His old Padawan. Yes. Because she would probably need guidance. Or his son. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? There's a whole storyline with Luke there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, I and also, I don't know. I, I don't... Here's the... I can't remember if this was rumored to happen or if I made it up in my brain. <laughs> okay. You know, it's one of those things. I don't know if yes, it happens to everybody, yeah. but it happens to me very often that sometimes I'll remember something as... A thought. I remember something as a fact when in very actuality it was a thought I had myself. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if that happens to everybody. It happens to me all the time. Maybe. But in my brain, (laughs) I remember something about Ezra Bridger. Coming back? Yeah. Yeah, there's no story about him after Rebel, right? Exactly. And he is force sensitive. He is. And he's technically a Padawan. Yeah, he's fully trained because of Kanan. Yeah. Yeah. So... He's not fully trained. Okay, not fully. Okay, he's, fine. He's, yeah. a, he, he's trained. I would say he's at a level of a Padawan. Yeah. He's kind of bypassed the youngling stage already. Yeah. And he probably... This is... How many years after that event? Uh, uh, of Rebels? Rebels uh, is... Rebels happened when... Oh, no. He's the same age as Luke, basically. I remember oh, yeah. the same age as Luke. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. About there. So, yeah. That's what's happening. That's very, very exciting. <sighs> I, that's... Yeah. So, with that, and the most important thing is that Filoni and Favreau. It's a it's a Filoni and Favreau production. I am so excited. I cannot wait. Yeah. I really cannot wait. 
Actually, me too. Like, I think when it comes to Star Wars miniseries, I'm just looking forward to Favreau and Filoni's uh, stuff. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Every really. single thing they do, yeah. Yeah. Sadly, right now, that's the only hope I have. Yeah. Although, now that I think about it, maybe after, since we're speaking about this, maybe uh, Taika could be the new hope. Oh, Who maybe. knows? But maybe that's my new hope. Taika Waititi, you're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the thing as well. I wanted, like, it's... Uh, okay, I was going to go on a tangent again, but I think I... I go, go for it, man. I, tangent no, I'm is done good. being hateful. Like, I don't want to be hateful again. Yeah, I'm tired after I'm talking about happy yeah. things. Okay, yeah. I want to talk about happy things. So, like, Ahsoka, it, they specifically mentioned that they were going to be bringing multiple characters from Rebels. Oh, okay. So, yes, technically, Hera and Sabine is multiple characters, but I would love to see more. Oh, sorry. One more thing I wanted to mention. There was a convention for Ahsoka and they brought out a physical prop of Chopper. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh yeah, Chopper makes sense. So actually. yes, yeah. Chopper is going to be there. Chopper will for sure 100% be there. He's the grumpiest bot ever. I love Chopper, I love Chopper so much. Yeah. Like, Chopper is like one of my favorite droids, which is so weird because I love almost all the droids. But I really love, I really love Chopper so much, man. There was, did, did Zeb die? Zeb? Zeb from Rebels. I can't remember. I didn't finish Rebels, I think. I don't know whether I finished it. I remember watching... Uh, I think I watched three seasons. There are like four, right? I can't remember. I didn't finish it, I think. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I'll I go back finish and watch it. Also. I need to go back and watch it, I think. Because I I really want Zeb to appear. Because Zeb? Zeb was the other member of In the Ghost. That big kind of wolf character. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's voiced by Steve Bloom. That's kind of why I wanted right, to right, appear. Right, 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 okay. So that maybe Steve Bloom can do some mocap and like, you know, at least have an appearance. I would okay. love that so much. Steve Bloom is one of the most prolific voice actors of all, ever. He's done from he's done everything in animation right. that you could possibly think of. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would love to see. I'm very excited, very, very excited for all of this happening in Ahsoka. Maybe... Wait, no. I know Kanan died. Yes, he did. Which maybe he can come back as a force ghost. And then you can have Freddie Prince Jr. appear as Kanan. I, I will say that that's quite unlikely. I would say that's very... Because he's not a big name in the Star Wars... Freddie Prince Jr.? Oh, Kanan. No, Kanan. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Kanan. Like, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. in Star Wars? Where did I miss that? I thought he was only Kanan. No, no, Kanan, yeah. Kanan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a very big and very important thing. He's an important character, but I don't think he's big enough to draw crowds, to bring him back just as a force ghost. Yeah, but Freddie but Prince Jr. Knows? is. Freddie Prince Jr. is quite a big thing. But he's done mostly wrestling things in the past decade, I would say. Right, so, yeah. okay. But yeah, as long as it's a Filoni Favreau thing, I think it's going to be good. I trust them. I trust John Favreau so much. Every single thing he's done, I love. Yes. Well, I, I didn't watch some of his stuff. Like, I think he did Jungle Book. Oh, I didn't I didn't watch that I didn't either. catch that either, but it was more like I didn't want to... No, sorry. Jungle Book and Lion King. Right, okay. I didn't, I didn't catch both of them. because More because I'm too attached to the animated same. movies. Yeah, I same. don't want to watch yeah. the um, remakes. Yeah. But Chef... Iron Man 2, Iron Man, those are the stuff that he's made. Elf, he, I think he directed Elf. Yeah, I love all those things. And I am so happy. He's the main writer of the Mandalorian series. Or even Spider-Man, was it him as well? 
No, he's involved. He was. Uh, he acted in it. I don't know if oh, he right. wrote right, okay. or yeah. not too certain. But the, but anyway, Mandalorian was done so well. Season he's the main two, writer. Exactly. Season two was so good. Yeah, I love. And that and season Mandalorian season two was written in a way that's very different than what you mentioned earlier. Just to bring it up by the whole structure thing. Yep. It's done in a way that each episode was exciting. Each episode was a purposeful yeah. one. I remember. That's what I recall. Yeah, I yeah. do, yeah. Also, I kind of feel like we've already kind of gotten... I always think that I've watched three seasons of Mandalorian. <laughs> right, I know in why. In actuality, I've watched two seasons and then one season of The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of always think that I have three seasons of Mandalorian already. But I'm more excited because they recently released a trailer for Mandalorian Season 3 and Ahsoka. Oh, together. Not together, oh, no. oh, right, but right, right. separately at the same but, time. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just what I'm clar- to say. <laughs> clarification. Yeah. yeah, separately yeah. but at the same time because these two series should be going down around the same time period as well. Yeah, I love that time yeah. period. Yeah, I, okay. I really yeah. want more of that. Also, I really want more of like, well, go listen to our Star Wars episode because exactly. that's what I we've talked we talked a little bit too much about this in our Star Wars <laughs> episode and also and about Taika Waititi as well. Of course, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, about, what about you guys, right? Do you guys agree about what we said? Do you disagree? I mean, if you do, if you agree or disagree, please let us know because I think we just want to chat, have more conversation. I mean, we are just fellow Star Wars fans, which is... And based. fellow Star Wars haters. <laughs> exactly, because we are in the median in terms of intel- intelligence and as well. As... You know, there was this, there's a saying <laughs> in wrestling that I think applies okay. to Star Wars as well. Nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. <laughs> that is so true. it's a wrestling it's, it's a wrestling phrase and it kind of makes sense because every time there's a movie there's so many criticism from myself yeah and at the same time I still love Star Wars but like I always and, say you know yeah. you, you don't love something until you can criticize it I guess so that's true yeah uh, all the best to Angel <laughs> <laughs> okay with that right also anyway you can um, you can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at the Podity and there is T-H-E-P-O-D-D-I-T-Y. Well done. Okay, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) And also coming Thursday on Podity More, we'll be talking about Star Wars and its effect on our lives. I think it has... We have grown up with Star Wars. Yes, it's just more Star Wars, but I mean, we haven't really talked about how it affects us in our lives. Not really, yeah. Yeah, I think it will be a nice conversation to have in Podity More. Yeah. And also, next week, stay tuned because we'll be talking about the boys oh man I'm so excited for that that is uh, I'm very excited I enjoyed it immensely especially season 3 but mm, yeah yeah I can't wait to talk about that yeah and with that thank you once again guys for listening I've been Steven I've always Nate thank goodness and <laughs> we'll catch you on we'll more we'll catch you on more yeah <laughs> thanks and goodbye see ya <laughs>